The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Off track with Hinch and Ross. You coming to Nashville, Tim? Thinking about it. Why wouldn't you? Money. I feel like by thinking about it, you mean you just started thinking about it when he asked, Correct. are you coming to Nashville? Yeah. Correct. Okay. <laughs> um, but then you could go straight into Indy Road Course, which is the next weekend. I do have a child, though. Mm. Yeah, she would love Nashville. <laughs> she loved the bars and the live music and the plastic cut cups for tequila shots and stuff. And as we were just talking about before we started recording, um, you make bad decisions whether you have your kid or not. It's just a different type of bad decision. Yeah. So Alex, you weren't here for this. Um, I was saying the difference between my decision making, while both terrible, uh, when I have Hazel versus don't have Hazel is astonishing. So like Friday night, she was at her mom's. I went out and got or Saturday night, she was at her mom's, went out and got obliterated drunk with a buddy who was in town. I was literally like calling Hinch hungover laying on the floor on Sunday because that's just the level of decision-making I'm making in my 30s. Whereas like today I'm exhausted, but I have Hazel. It's because I stayed up really late finishing a biography I was reading. It's just like both ways I'm screwing myself for tomorrow. It's just in wholly different levels of irresponsibility. Mm. One's borderline it's, educational. It seems like you have a problem going to bed. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm just going to take some uh, melatonin tonight. Accidentally, but kind of on purpose, went to bed at 7.15 last night. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> and proceeded to wake up at 8.45. So clearly my body was very Wait, tired. 8.45 last night or this no, morning? No, this morning. You slept for 13 and a half hours? Yeah, yes. You said 7.15, I right? I wasn't listening. 7.15 to 8.45. So... Yes. Yeah. 13 and a half hours. Understand that in any capacity. If well, I tried to go to bed at 7.15, I would wake up at 10. Wake up at 3 in the morning. Yeah. No, I would yeah. get up at 10.30 and then I'd be screwed. I'd go back to bed at 3 in the no, morning. No. So like, I went, I woke up at 10 and moved from the couch to my bed mm-hmm. and brushed my teeth and still passed out till 8.45. I, I yeah. yeah. I can't but, sleep to 8.45 if I go to bed at midnight. But I feel like that is my body telling me something that like probably desperately needed needed some sleep. So, cause I feel fine now. Did you have a big Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? I didn't. Um, I didn't sleep great Monday night. Um, what's your whoop say? What was your sleep date or sleep debt yesterday? There wasn't any cause I had a nap on Monday, believe it or not. Um, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then Kelly was a little bit sick from her from her adventures in Toronto, so I'm wondering if I like had a micro bug 
and that I was fighting that I didn't know about. Yeah. So sleeping for almost, you know, more than half of a day, just beat it. So, so sorry, is feeling a little sick, what Kelly calls staying out till four o'clock in the morning with my wife and getting probably a little too intoxicated. Uh, so she's on, she was they, on the Tim schedule. Were they out till yeah. four? They, they were up till four. They I were out. Worried. They got kicked out of the bar questions. at two, two thirty, something like that. Let's put it this way. Connor and Evan were like, Hey, we're going, you guys also need to go. But uh, yes, yeah, so I don't think, I don't, what I'm saying is, I don't think that's why you slept for 13 hours because I don't think Kelly's issue was contagious. So it wasn't been with her on the night. It may have been contagious because it sounds like I gave her my decision making. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, to like, to, to, to put it in perspective how bad Tim was on Sunday, right? He, so the race is over. I am trying to uh, vacate the premises as expeditiously so as So you possible. had two and a half hours in traffic to talk to him? No, no, I was smart. I left my car at the hotel and I walked to the hotel in 20 minutes and then was straight on the highway and it was pretty easy. Um, but I was, I was I was still in the convention center like with the mad rush of people trying to get out and my phone rings and it's a FaceTime video because Tim's a child. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do this right now. So I like, you know, didn't answer it. Hurtful, hurtful. And then I wait, no, for your benefit. So then I waited like until I was kind of in clear air. I don't air, think Tim's just, shy. Of I just call him. Over. Yeah. I, he's just telling the story now on the show. So yes, clearly not. But so I, I, I call him back on like a telephone line, like a grown up, And uh, it, like the hello, I could be like, wow, that's bad. <laughs> that's great. Years. Dude, it was you see, you're like, I'm so, I'm like, oh, no, I know. You don't have to finish the word. I know exactly what you are. So, and he like, he, he said that he was, he had been, <laughs> he called me because he had tried to crawl to the bathroom to throw up, but couldn't make it to the bathroom and just like felt like just passed out on the floor and was calling me from the floor somewhere between the couch and the bathroom. Cause I just thought, well, this is hilarious. <laughs> like, you couldn't make it from your bedroom to the bathroom or from your couch to the bathroom. Cause the couch, I stopped on the that, top of the that's, stairs. That's a bigger, that's a bigger challenge than your bedroom. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's stairs involved. It's a whole thing. But yeah, he sounded terrible. Uh, you look much better than you sounded on, on Sunday, so I'm glad to see you recovered. Well, that's because, you know, I haven't drank since Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you just didn't go to bed because you were reading an Ernest Hemingway biography. Yeah, which again, not a great pick-me-up there at the end. Yeah, also, <laughs> you probably should have read that before the weekend, then maybe you would have made different drinking choices on Saturday. It's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ernest, you rascal! Well, on that uh, on that pick me up of a little uh, little story, um, Toronto. We raced in Toronto last weekend. Uh, did he? I mean, some people did. <laughs> so I could yeah. have gone to the Shania Twain concert and scored just as many points. <laughs> and a much better time. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Where was the Shania Twain concert? Indianapolis. Oh, that's yeah. I was so mad we missed that. Yeah, me too. That was a bummer. Me too. Um, yes. Well, yeah. So that no, that's not true because you though caught up in a first lap incident continued where like five other cars did not, and you started last. So you actually made up quite a few spots. Yay! Go Good team. for us. Uh, yeah. So it was um. <clears throat> We'll walk through the weekend because yeah, you made I mean, some interesting points 
throughout the weekend. Um, Toronto, always tough. We know we, we talked yes. about the track. They repaved a section, which <laughs> arguably worse. I don't know. Uh, definitely worse, but more grip. So I don't know, like pros and cons, but like, it's just fascinating to me. This has nothing to do with the promoter or IndyCar or really the city of Toronto. It fascinates me that a paving company is like, yep, that's good. Like we, that's, that gets our stamp of approval. Like, I don't understand. Like there's gotta be some sort of like quality control that exists. Right. Yeah. Because essentially what it, correct me if I'm wrong, but what it sort of felt like was there was an existing smorgasbord of concrete surfaces that they just poured asphalt over top of right without any grading or grinding or anything. Correct. And it's just like, I feel like that's not what they teach you in asphalt concrete school. Mm -mm. So anyways, um, Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember my time at asphalt concrete. You right. Uh, Black tops. Yeah. It seems like, you know, making it smooth before you pour down the new stuff is, you know, kind of a priority, but anyways, uh, neither here nor there wasn't the same. was the same for everyone. Um, I, I mean, I, we don't need to waste a lot of time on our weekend. The car was pretty good. Um, qualifying was going to throw a uh, wild card in, which was awesome. It seems like there was f- like four or five events this weekend where the threat of rain existed, but it never actually came. It finally came for group two in round one of qualifying. And I was in group two, which I was very excited about. Um, and... Driving Toronto in the rain is not... Honestly, it's easier than the dry, which is weird to say. (laughs) Like, there's more grip. It's because you're going slower, obviously. But, like, there's more grip in, like, turn five and turn eight than there is in the dry. Just because of, like, the car is not screaming and on the limit of the adhesion of tires and then the bumps and everything. Like, it's it's much more composed, uh, which was a pleasant surprise. Um. And about 40% of the way through qualifying of, of my group, I went to turn one and the whole car, in well, everything shut off except the motor. Um, and so I had quite a bit of rolling speed um, kind of through that access road and was trying to like power cycle the car and try and get some sort of life back to it um, while I still had kind of momentum but then eventually I realized it was a terminal issue. And so I just stopped. And what ended up happening is a $2.60 connector inside the steering wheel had had enough. And so without a steering wheel, you obviously can't shift up or down or use a clutch or any of the other functions to like scream on the radio. And those are important. And complain. Semi-important. Okay. I later I was like, man, if I had known that I could have probably never mind. Cause I thought I could get back to pit lane in fifth gear, not in the wet to turn three. So anyways, um, we started next to last Graham got that actual honor. Cause he oh, crashed sorry. in qualifying, yeah. um, which was kind of a bummer. I'd never started dead DFL in an Indy car race. And then, yeah, there was a three car incident at the start. And I was minding my own business, thought I was going to get through it. And then the road was blocked. So the frustrating thing about that is I was the only car, aside from Graham, who we can talk about in a minute, did this masterful job of reversing away and avoiding the truck. And very, very cool. Aside from him, I was the only car that had my engine running still. And I was not the first car to get assistance 
and I missed not going a lot down by like three and a half seconds. Yeah, because you ended up like like right in the middle of the top five, basically. I was I was behind. third car in line. Yeah, so you're two cars away from making it through. And it's just like, down. guys, I went through all that effort of making sure that everything was running and we were overheating the engine and all this stuff, like to have the priority of getting to go first. And we didn't. So then we just pounded around trying to go long, you know, to, to try and like stay out and catch the yellow and get our lap back. And we got to the point where we, we got there. It just, we needed another yellow to catch back up to the back of the field and it never came. So we ended up 16th minding our own business most of the day. I'm very proud though, that we just, you know, hopefully people can watch the race and take note. Whenever people came up behind me who were not on my lap, I just let them the by <laughs> because why not? Like I didn't use overtake. I let them by halfway down the back straight into three, gave them the preferred line. Like, come on guys. You should, you should publish your onboard as like a, a master as class, a, how a, TED, to? a TED talk as right. to how to a, be a lap gonna, down in the IndyCar I'm gonna, series. I'm going cr- to create that and post that. That's a really good <laughs> idea. <laughs> so I saw on the broadcast, you guys were talking about it. I'm, I can't think of his name right now. The guy who held everybody up. My name is prior. James. Jesus, man. I know James? you were hung over, but James, that James. doesn't sound right. Are you sure? N. Is it an N or an M? <laughs> Uh, who was it though? The Peterson who was holding everybody up the, the race prior. Oh, have, yeah. I saw in the broadcast, you guys were talking about like, he did apologize and kind of own up to that. He was like, look, I'm a rookie. I'm learning. Was there anything to that? Or was, did I hear that somewhere else? It was not, you know, you heard it on the broadcast. It was not me that said it. I don't remember if it was Townsend or Lee that said they spoke to him, but he said, you know, he was getting some information from the radio, from his team, that may have not been helping that cause. And he said he reached out to some of the guys that had an issue. Alex's face makes me think that Alex was not one of the guys that got a phone call. (laughs) Nay, nay. Nay, nay. Got it. Uh, You must not have been vocal enough in your displeasure for him to know that you were on the list. I find that slightly, slightly hard to believe just because in the driver's meeting, um, Will took the time to, at the end, be like, so usually it gets opened up for questions. And driver's end, meeting in Toronto. Driver's meeting in Toronto. And Will was like, yeah, I just have one question. He was like, I think we should make it um, easier for lap cars to hold up the leaders. <laughs> and then walked out. So I don't know that he was really on the receiving end of, you know, apologies and discussions either, but maybe it happened later. Who yeah, knows? I don't know. I said that that was in my head. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one of them had a conversation with Ben or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm assuming that in the driver's meeting it, it came up and there's, there's not really anything they can do mid season, right. Without everybody sort of universally agreeing to a change, which I don't see as highly likely, but I mean, they can, but yeah, they're not going to at this point. They're not going to. Yeah, but they they, can. Uh, they have the copy. ability. Copy, copy. Um, so you weren't the only one that hit some issues in qualifying, given the tricky nature of it with the the wet weather and stuff. Uh, you talked about Graham's problems, but then, you know, Colton was super quick in practice and he didn't make it out of Q1. Uh, Pelot had been pretty quick in practice and as a championship leader, he didn't make it out of Q1. 
Yeah, but he was dry. Um, he he was dry. The weather. True. Yeah. Well, it started raining at the end. Like your first laps had to kind of be it, right? That's it true. Missing. Yeah. But didn't get it done. And he even said that. He was like, yeah, it wasn't the weather. We just missed it. Um, the Andretti cars, you know, as, as expected, were pretty quick in general. So Kirkwood was fast in practice. So was Grosjean. Both of those guys were, I think they were like 10th and 9th and 10th or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you kind of set up this, this grid where peppered through the field, because you were also very quick in practice. So sort of peppered through the field, you had a lot of cars that were super quick in the dry in practice that didn't qualify where they probably should have, which normally sets up for a pretty exciting race. Yeah, I I don't know that it was that exciting of a race. What I thought was interesting was there, clearly at the end there, right? There was, you know, three cars that took a gamble, which from so I was I was restarting on that final restart, kind of the fourth car in line, and from what my understanding of the race was, I was like, man, those three cars, like that's the that's the ticket because they were going to push hard off the yellow, try and get a gap. And, and do another stop, everyone else behind me was going to have to go into this stupid fuel save. Like, we're talking a 40-plus lap stint um, with some, obviously, yellow laps in there, but still a really big number. And I was just stunned that they even thought that that was an option. Um, so the the three guards in front were VK, McLaughlin, and Dixon, I believe? Correct. No. Yes. Yeah. And not in that order, but yes. Yes. And so I thought, man, that's that's your podium right there. Like there's no way these guys behind me are gonna be able to A make it that far and B, if they do, they're gonna have to go so slow to pull that off. Um, so I thought that part was interesting. Obviously, they were able to. I was blown away with the pace um of Lungard, who was kind of restarted behind me. And you know, I knew that I had to stay in front of him because the three cards were gonna pit. And, you know, I had like a two second gap on him and was having to drive pretty hard to maintain that gap. And he was hitting a fuel number that was pretty, pretty massive. So a huge amount of credit to him, to really all the guys that made that strategy work, Colton. Um, but I think we just have to give a, a huge hats off to, to Christian for his performance. You know, not only did he put it on pole in the wet and the drying wet, which is very difficult conditions on the street course, you know, slick, like for those that didn't watch qualifying turn eight all the way through turn 11 was pretty much wet. And these guys were on slick tires having to push like hell to kind of get the lap in. And Christian was able to do it kind of last car across the line type thing. Um, <clears throat> but then the fact that, you know, he wasn't the favorite for pole. You could argue that he got pole cause he was just better in mixed conditions. He delivered in the race. Like, did it a big way. And the, and the team did too, right? Like the team had to do their job in pit lane. And that's kind of partly what, what derailed Graham in, uh, in mid Ohio after a front row start. So the whole, the whole organization did an incredible job, uh, for Christian there and, and for him to take the pole and then take his first win. Awesome. And yeah, it wasn't easy. I mean, they had restarts. He had some good competition. They had an alternate strategy they had to race against, but it's funny you say that because when it came down to that last yellow, in the booth, we were all very shocked that those three stayed out because last year, the last pit was somewhere similar. I forget. It was like plus or minus. It was a 35 lap stint with yellows. It was, it was what this year or last year? Last year. So lap, it was like 46 was the last pit or something. Cause we had it up on the thing. 
And so, I don't know. It was a 30, maybe a 36 lap stint with yellows. Right. But it was, so it ended up being about the same. Golden at 41, man, with yellows. So a 36 lap green flag stint, which is unbelievable. The numbers made more sense. Hold on. Let me, let me bring something up here. Yeah. So last year, the last stop was on lap 46. So that was a 39 lap stint to get to the end. Yeah, but did anyone uh, do like who did that well? Um, like that wasn't leaders. First, that. second, third, fourth, oh, really? fifth, sixth, oh, okay. seventh, the entire field. Oh, okay. Um, so yes, so a couple laps of yellow, but still, yes, still a number to hit. But we were just, I was surprised to see certainly McLaughlin because he was kind of running with Lundgaard there. He was kind of P starter, P2, was running there and seemed like an honest crack at it. Um, and when they didn't pit, we were surprised. And when Dixon didn't pit, we were surprised. That said, and like we were kind of openly like, I don't think that was the right move. And look, they didn't win the race, but I got to say that both he, both Scots did a incredible job coming back up through the field with everybody trying to save the fuel and make that number. Like Dixon ended up fourth, McLaughlin ended up sixth. And I think that restart, or sorry, when they when once they cycled out with however many, I don't know what lap they ended up hitting on, how many laps they had, but they cycled out and it was like 14th and 15th or something, and they right. just drove through guys. So that was cool. I'm sure it was fun, whether or not they looked back on it and thought it was the right call or not. I mean, again, under caution, McLaughlin would have come in on Lungard's gearbox, and obviously Lungard won the race by 11 seconds. So you could argue it probably was not the right call, but good effort from both the Scots for doing what they did. And then we got to talk about Polo. He won the race by 11 seconds because the guy that was in second had half of a race car. Yeah. So that was the next comment. Polo's. Okay. So, okay. He started 15th, didn't have a good qualifying. And it was the most Scott Dixon esque day we've ever seen out of someone that wasn't Scott Dixon because he was fast and made a, he made a bunch of ground up in the first stint. Like he was just good on track, as you'd expect. Some pretty aggressive moves, which was fun to watch. And then on a restart, uh, you know, mid-race, whatever it was, Kirkwood got into the back of Elio, spun him around, and Pelot had to do some evasive maneuver, cranked the right front into the concrete wall fairly significantly. And like you could see a little bit of wing damage, but I thought for sure there'd be some toe, like something in the suspension would have been bent. Like it was a good hit. And just in like the way that Ganassi happens to be super incredibly lucky, think of Scott Dixon, like a 10 different occasions. Think of Marcus Erickson in Nashville. Think of all these things. The guard just hangs on. So they didn't pit. He keeps going with those three guys you mentioned, Alex, deciding to stay out. Uh, once they pitted, he essentially cycled through to second place with a slightly damaged wing that as he continued to drive, the slightly damaged wing became slightly more damaged, then slightly more damaged, and then like grossly significantly damaged to the point where I'm not sure it would have made another two laps. Like it was about to fall off. And he did a masterful job in hitting his number keeping Colton behind and, and Dixon and, and everyone else that was running up there. And it was just like a hell of a recovery, man. Like from 15th driving through the issues and all that 
it's insane. He started 15th and he's managed to increase his lead in the championship. You'd have to say that was like, I, I know what Joseph is capable of. We all know what's coming up, but like, you'd have to say that that was kind of the nail in the coffin. I think, yeah, like you needed, you needed a 15 point swing the other way because, you know, he started where he did and it was a great opportunity. Right. And, and instead, and he, he had damage, right? Like, and said he gained seven or eight points or whatever. And so, yeah. yes, we're going to Joseph's house next. And it's a doubleheader. It's, it's the most important track on the schedule, which is hilarious. Um, and well, tied. tied for the most important. Oh, Indy GP, dude. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Aren't there eight of those? Well, I just right. the only reason the only the only reason I I say because again because the difference in in conditions from May to August can be so dramatic. It's sometimes like two different yes, tracks. But, but from you'd Saturday argue, to Sunday, it's yes. But you'd argue that you can also get boned way easier at Iowa as a fast car than you can at Indy GP. Very fair. Very fair. So. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, okay, fair enough. One of the most important tracks on the schedule. But yes, the, the lead he has now is pretty aggressive. But and the battle for like... The points Everything from else. second through tenth is pretty legit. Maybe third through tenth, like it's it's kind of anyone's game at this point for who's going to be like in the top five of the championship. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. So you've got I'm involved in it. So got 117 points from first to second, which is bizarre. <laughs> and then you have, yeah, you have another nine cars within a hundred points. Right. So with all, you know, with, I mean, there's, there's 108 on, on, on deck this weekend. Four days. Right. Yeah. So pretty cool. And, uh, you are in that mix. You are in there in 10th place and well within that, well within that range. Right. Um, so yeah, so congrats to Christian, congrats to Polo, congrats to Colton on the podiums, honorable mention to the two Scots from New Zealand on some, Crazy drives. All right, so we're going to the Casa New Garden. Mm-hmm. What uh, what are we, what are we looking forward to? Concerts? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped to go to Iowa with 
not necessarily a Penske car, but like the next best thing. And maybe, yeah, like, maybe just Gavin, as good. Gavin's been there, right? Yeah. Like, so it's going to be pretty cool. Like I'm going into this weekend with a lot of confidence, very similar to what I had at Texas and it delivered like by lap two at Texas in practice. I was like, Oh my God, thank goodness type of thing. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. It will be kind of a strange weekend for me. Cause like quite honestly, and I was telling you this earlier, James, like, yes, this will be my seventh year at Iowa and probably 18th race there, no, <laughs> 10th race there. But like, I feel like I've just been to Iowa and just been a passenger and just try and like complete all the laps, don't hit anything, walked away with a couple sixths, walked away with a couple 11ths, you know, whatever, just by kind of running around and finishing, but not really like pushing to compete because I didn't feel like I could. Um, so it's, it's going to be cool for me to go there and actually have the tools to, to fight and, and hopefully, um, you know, at least challenge for something. Yeah. I mean, last year, Pato was the only guy that was even in the same zip code as, uh, as Joseph and Dooley picked up the pieces when Joseph had his problem in race two, but was second race one was running an honest second race two. Yeah. Uh, so those cars are definitely quick. And here's the thing, right? When a, when a guy or a team figure a place out like that, every year that advantage shrinks because people move, you know, within the team. So the engineer that knew the magic setup that day, he's going to end up at a different team and drivers learn, you know, as you drive the race itself and then you go back and you watch the tape of it, whatever you pick up little things, you get better, you get smarter. And so, you know, Joseph had this massive advantage just this gap to the field kind of thing. But every year you go back, I feel like it gets a little bit smaller just because of that. And he is obviously it has yet. I don't, I think Pato was really close last year. Right. Like, yeah, Joseph, Joseph had him covered for sure, but it was close. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, look, that track always produces great racing, no matter what, even if a guy is leading by, you know, 10 seconds, there's still so much action on track. There's so much going on. The difference between old tires and new tires and all that stuff. Insane. Um, so it's a super exciting race. You did not get the chance to test there because no. your team and Penske opted out. I think every other team tested. Correct. And that tells me that that's because those two teams are super confident in the package they've got. And so they're not super worried about it. I, I correct. I guess. I mean, you only get to choose one in season day. Um, and for us, you know, road America was a, or I mean, for them last year, Road America was terrible and Iowa was not. So when the two options came, you know, that's how we ended up on it. Obviously, as a team and drivers and engineers, you'd love to test there. Um, but yes, I mean, I think ever since kind of you were winning for them there, like they've just been, they have been the most consistent team. Yes, Ganassi every once in a while throws a car up there. Um, but them and Penske have been the two most consistent there for the past almost decade, seven, eight years. So for a while, for sure. Yeah. Um, so Iowa is, you know, doubleheader as we know. And so we've got that qualifying format coming back, right? Where it's yeah. two laps of qualifying first lap sets the grid for race one, second lap sets the grid for race two. And then race one's a park for May, uh, program, Which is, right? Yeah. And it just, 
It's so confusing because there's five yeah, and a half. There's five and a half hours. So and, we, and, and qualifying's at eight a.m. So we like, had this conversation last year. So so park for May for those that don't know basically means you qualify your race car. Once you finish qualifying, the car is essentially impounded. There are a few very specific you things can you touch, can change. You can but, touch tire pressures and front wing. That's right, it. and and like inlets for for right. cooling, and and pretty much that's it. So what that leads to is two things. One, your qualifying car is very quote unquote safe and comfortable compared to what you might try to risk if you were going for ultimate laps and you could you know tune anything you wanted on the car. But then it does create this weird thing where for this this gap of time between qualifying and that first race, everyone's just standing around and the mechanics didn't like it and the drivers didn't like it. And you know, it's, it's a bizarre way to do it. And I don't entirely know why we couldn't have looked in after last year, you know, we tried it and why we couldn't have looked into adjusting it, but it is what it is for Sunday. You can do whatever changes you want to the car. And now there's a 10 minute warm up session where last year it was just like an out and in, it was like an install check. Now you actually get 10 minutes, I think, to uh, to pound around. Or it's two groups, five minutes each, something like that. I honestly don't know. But yes, yeah. one of those, yeah. One of those options. And they are both the same rate, length this year, whereas last year they were different. Oh, rates. yeah. So are they both 300 or 250? 250s. Both two, <laughs> Soft. I mean, yeah. Throw an extra fifty on there. Let's make it a challenge. I liked our friend. Our friend Bobby sent the uh, who spots for Felix. He sent the weather forecast for Iowa. Iowa is always a very hot, sticky, humid, gross weekend. And he goes, "Oh, it's nice to see that there's a cold front coming into Iowa this weekend." And he sends a screenshot of the thing saying temperature high of like eighty five or something. <laughs> Good, which yeah, compared to years past, that is. Cooler than normal. No, it's not bad. Um, and as it was last year, you know, Hy-Vee, it came on board as um, kind of a presenting partner of the race, put in a huge amount of money to track improvements and bringing back four pretty legit headlining concerts, which is so none other than Ed Sheeran, Carrie Underwood. Those are the only yep. two I care about. But Kenny Chesney. And Zach Brown Band. And hey, guys, give it a rest. They love Carrie Underwood too. I'm pretty sure everybody loves Carrie Underwood. Yeah. I, I took sure. that as they hate the Zach Brown Band. Interesting. Interesting. Mm, that's uh, weird. But no. still, like, those are, um, that's big name. That's not just your C list concert. That is like real. Ed Sheeran's one of the biggest artists on earth. Correct. Kenny Chesney's one of the, like, the biggest probably country yes. music star of the last 50 years. Carrie Underwood's the hottest. I mean, the the most. No, you were right. I mean, yeah. You were right. All the um, above. Um, so, and it's in Newton, Iowa. So people that are buying tickets for the race, they get kind of a, a whole weekend experience, which I'm pretty jealous of. Um, yeah. I, uh, I also don't love the timing of the concerts because they are, right before and after the race, which yes. is when, you know, again, you're I'm working mostly I'm working. busy. Yes. Yeah. You guys, you guys got something going on then. We got a I mean, James thing. doesn't. I do know. <laughs> less post-race, less post-race, but pre-race, I'm pretty busy. That's but pre-race, we're like already up in the booth and we can like look down and kind cool. of see the concert. Yeah. Can't really hear it. Don't you prefer to look down on people? Just you, Tim. Just you. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's weird that he does that considering he's so short. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, consider your <laughs> 6'2 frame. Uh, I have a big stepping stool. Um, all right, so predictions, Alex, for the weekend. How are you going to do? What would you be happy with? Oh, double double podium. Um, okay. And if we could sneak a win in there, that'd be pretty cool. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Who's going to be on the podium with you? Pato. Felix and Pato. Wow. Joseph and Pato. Oh, Joseph and Pato. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were just doing the. All team. right. No. I'm like. Yeah, I did too. And then now I'm kind of surprised you didn't. <laughs> I thought it was lame when you did. And now I kind of think you're a dick for not. Doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for damning me. So, uh, man, what you, do? you damned yourself. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Tim, Tim, are you going to. You, what are your plans this weekend? Um, well, it's going to be in the 90s here. So I'm hotter than Iowa, hotter wow. than Iowa, California. What a place. So I'm going to watch it uh, in the air conditioning. You have air, air conditioning? Yeah. I feel like every I, house. In California have you seen me? If I didn't have air conditioning, I would have put it in. I yeah, I'm I'm with you. I would I would sleep in a walk in refrigerator if the option was available. But it's I honestly didn't know you had air conditioning. Yeah. Is that new? No. Nope. It, it was here when I moved in. Like central air? I mean, there's a unit downstairs and a unit upstairs. Right. I can only run one at a time because they're on the same breaker switch. Okay. I so honestly then, didn't know that. Yeah. It makes your house way more... Why is it always so hot when I'm there? I don't know that it is. It is. You always have the window and doors open. for well, like. It's nice out. I'm going to have the windows open. If it gets above 73, I close all the windows well, and doors and turn the air conditioner That's where on. it's wrong because like above 70, I'm hot. I mean, if it's outside, because I feel right. like it's still a little colder inside because you get the shade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my house is currently set at 68. So 73, if it's above 73 outside, that's when the AC goes on for me. Your house is set at 68? Well, my bedroom the, is set at 66 last The downstairs year. and like normal places, the upstairs is set at 60, I believe, currently. <laughs> Your bedroom is set at 60? Yeah. And in Indianapolis at the moment, it is fairly warm. It's 82. It is, yeah, I would say it's mid-80s. Got a high mid-80s. Look at you. All right, guys. Well, we're back on NBC this weekend uh, for both races. So like, look forward to getting sued for that. Um, make sure you tune in and check out both of the Iowa races. Uh, big thanks to High V preemptively for all the work they do and all the promotion they've done. And let's see what concerts we can actually watch, Alex. And let's see what the actual podium ends up being. Uh, should Tim, because Alex yeah. can't be involved in this, uh, what, what level of confidence do you have in Alex's double podium? Um, I would say just like an unrealistic level of confidence. Okay. I think it's going to happen. I don't all think right. it's going to be a double podium. I think he's going to New Garden sweep it. I think it's going to be Alex two wins. That would be impressive. I, I that would be super impressive. I'm gonna. Would you like to wager on that? I would be uh, willing to wager on that. Nothing I'd be big. To wager on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll about, bet something on the two. Po- I'll, how about uh, the two podiums, not the two. Okay, points. a double podium. Um, all right. What's the wager? Nice, uh, nice bottle of tequila. Nice bottle of tequila. All right, deal. Nice yeah. bottle of tequila. Not that I don't want you to double podium, Alex. I. He's just, you know, he wants to be rewarded if you don't. 
I'm just being the contrarian. I'm I'm gonna give I, I'm gonna give you that. Bottle. I'm gonna drink that bottle with you after the race if it doesn't go well. And but I'm gonna drink that bottle by myself. Essentially, you think Joseph's gonna win too. Well, that's I mean, irrelevant yeah. about you getting two podiums. Right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I also think the sun's gonna rise. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, he didn't win two. Yes, uh, yesteryear. I mean, last day. That wasn't his fault. On that note, uh, best of luck, bud. I look forward to calling it and watching it and the excitement. Tim, maybe make some better decisions this weekend. And uh, we'll chat to you all soon. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.